0: Think on a There's Terrence Moose Ray also in his final season as they uh, say goodbye. That the shift, the crossover. Terrence drops it off with a hot breaking ball. Nice trade. Fighting what I want, like y'all said was going to be. Moose Ray with a drive, punch straight. He's trying to hold back, but I never delay. Nah, never delay. Nah, never delay. Play that type of music, make him want to replay. Nah, never delay. Nah, never delay. Um, hello, everyone. So today we have uh, uh, a guest, uh, Terence Mustre from uh, the Philippines. He's played here in London, had a great career here in London for Harris Academy, went over to the Philippines, played for top collegiate programs in the UAAP, such as Adams and Falcons and the Salle Green Archers. Um, he also had a stint in the MPBL, yep, um, and, He's back here in London and he's here to share his stories. T, welcome to the show today. Hello, thank you so much for having me, Coach Club, thank you. It's great to have you on today. So um, if you'd like to just kind of give an introduction to yourself, um, to the viewers that that may not have heard of you or have seen seen you, but like a a, a nice introduction from the man himself.
1: Hi guys, I'm Terence Moussere. I played for Steve Steve Bucknell, Under-18s, Lewisham and Harris Academy. And I played in UAP in Philippines for five years. And then from De La Salle University for two years. And then Adamson for three years. And then I played semi-pro MPBL for Kala'akan Supremos.
0: Great, Um, so let's start from the beginning. So um, you were born 1993, yeah? yeah? This This was the the year that your father was actually drafted to the PBA from Le Tramp, correct? No,
1: no, he was drafted from like a PBL team. I think uh, Burger Machine.
0: Oh, Burger yeah, Machine.
1: Like that. Yeah, because the story was like uh, all the positions that he was like, basically my dad was a shooting guard and then... Uh, all of the shooting guard positions in San Miguel was injured back then. And then there's this coach, like, uh, Coach um, Ron Jacobs. He really liked my father, my dad. So he signed my dad for, like, a little contract, for, like, a year contract. And then my dad just blew him after that. So, because ever was
0: injured. And then that was his chance, basically, to, to rise up, mm. yeah. So the PBL at that time it was um, it was similar to what the MPBL is now, yes, is it? was yes, it, yes, a semi-professional yes, league. Yes. It was like a platform for, say, athletes to to play, build up, so they can get to the PBA, correct?
1: To the PBA, yes, yes. Like a step forward to the PBA, basically. Yes.
0: So, um, so you were born actually when your father was drafted, correct? Yes. Um, so you. You spent a lot of your your growing up years in the Philippines. Um, do you remember how it's like being the son of a, a PBA player? Being in the were you in the arenas during the games? And I was
1: since I was like since I was more like baby. My mom was old. my mom and my dad always takes me to the games. You know, it's like there's no games that I didn't miss. Really, that's the life of being the son of a basketball player when they were kids. here. Yeah. so.
0: And how was, how was the atmosphere then um, compared to, to how it is now?
1: The atmosphere was so crazy. Cause like everyone was like, when I was, a, when I was like growing up from like a baby to 12 years old, I was like, it's crazy how people always loved like Hinebra and Miguel kind of like fans and stuff like that, it's crazy all the time. So it's like the atmosphere from now till then it's like so different. But now it's like more on a college college kind of way of mm. um, like crowd. They most like, they love watching college games instead of the PBA because it's more exciting. You know, it's there's like upcoming rising stars from the college to go to the PBA. That's why it's more exciting to watch college ball now instead of PBA. Because mm. yeah.
0: I, I remember, about, for example, my cousins in the Philippines would tell me about you know the the PBA games and mm-hmm. people would would fight to get in. You know to the arena oh, yeah. and and <laughs> people would people would wouldn't even sit in seats. They would sit in the stairs and, and the chairs yes, yes, uh, yes. and, 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 and the, in the in the you know wherever they can find a just oh. to be part of like say the PBA finals. Um, so say you're you're you know you're watching your father play. Do you remember those days? I mean you were quite young and
1: I was so quite young and then. There was this like video that just came up on YouTube that when my dad hit a free on a clutch free like a seconds and then Baldabid came down in a half court line and take a shot and made it and then that was I think I was small back then I was like five six years old and then that was the best memories because. My dad, my because every time they win the championship, I always go to the ball boy because like there's a ball boy that always carries me to the to to get to my dad. Mm-hmm. And then that one time, I was already uh, sitting by the rails where the ball boy is, and then everyone was celebrating my after my dad took that shot. And then second later, there's a like a buzzer beater from Barbara Bid from half court half court line. Then I, I came running towards my dad, and then. My dad was like, "No, no, we lost, we lost." So, I cried after that, and then that's when I went back to my mom to the stand. So, yeah.
0: what year was that?
1: Do you, Do you remember the year? I think that was nineteen ninety. 1990, yeah, nineteen ninety eight. That's it. So 99. you were five years old. Wow. Yeah, five years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. It was nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. And that and that was the closest your father had a chance to win the, the championship. Yeah, yeah. That was after that. Then they're trying to rebuild and stuff like that then that started winning championships and then every time like during in the dugout i'm in there celebrating and stuff like that i've like every player from where my dad from the year that my dad came and then my dad ended or every player that came in and out for san miguel i knew of everyone so yeah, i became close and stuff like that um So, yeah, and then every before games, they shoot around. Uh, I always shoot around with my dad and then play with some of the players and stuff like that in the arena So stuff. Yeah.
0: When you're part of that, say, part of that whole community, I mean, um, a lot of the the players that were teammates of your dad, their their children are actually, say, your age, right? And uh, some some of their players are like, some of those players that were teammates were also your ninoms, which is yes, far, mine, right? Yes, yes. So, um, do you still keep in contact with, with like, say, the community there? The, the, they probably a lot of them are, are are excelling, probably playing in Gilas, probably yes, uh, yes. professionals now, not just in basketball but in their careers. Do you still keep Sorry. in touch with them?
1: Oh yeah, of course. Like some of the kids of the. My dad's teammate in San Miguel. We always keep in touch. We always say hi, hello, how's everything, and stuff like that. And there's like every time, like my dad, my dad uh, keeps in contact with their San Miguel play San Miguel teammates. They always ask about their kids and stuff like that. So it's like it's it's touching, you know. And um, yeah, it's like every time that we get a chance to chat around and stuff like that together, we have we create a group chat. You know, it's it's like it's it's good to be keeping touching with like the kids and stuff like that with the community of uh, San Miguel and most of them like are succeed basketball players already Um, most of them are in PBA and most of them are like still in college playing for the last year
0: so yeah Shout out Mike the Kite Mustre yeah (laughs) Uh, PBA legends Um, so (laughs) Of course, we we understand. Normally, I ask the guests, you know, where is the, where did you fall in love with the game, and and where did the passion grow? Um, I can see where the inspiration is from the beginning, you know, uh, being in that environment, watching, you know, watching say your idol play at the biggest stage in the Philippines. Um, so when did you actually say, okay, this is this is my opportunity to now start playing, and and is it? Did you attend some camps there? You know what? What decided, made you think? Okay, you know what? I'm going to start pursuing this. It started when my dad
1: always bring me to his practices, always bring me to his um, like to, when shooting around before games. That's when I started falling in love because I've been watching all these big guys just, you know, like playing so hard and sweating so hard, it's like, that's what I want to be when I grow up, it's like, I want to be just like my dad, working hard to provide for us, you know, I mean, it's like, that's the key of it, and then, yeah, that's when I started falling in love, when I started touching the ball, dribbling it, and then shooting with, With this, with this big people around me, and yeah, that's when I started falling in love with it. And then, since then, just keep working hard every day. Just my dad, just keep always teaching me and stuff like that. So,
0: yeah. I I remember. I may be mistaken, but I think you was there like an Alaska basketball camp that you attended before when you were younger. Uh
1: no no it was um, Milo Milo Best. My little best center. And, like, and they
0: they still run that now, isn't it? Yeah, the they run still run
1: school. that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. They still run that. It's like, it's just from if you want to learn from being a basketball player to, to growth and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's that I think in Philippines, if they like little kids, like babies and stuff like that, they can mm-hmm. still start from there. And start, I started from there, basically. My dad enrolled me, so and stuff like that. Yeah
0: so when when did you start playing competitively? so what kind of age did you actually start playing in like games and and your father actually started to come watch you and then your family came to support you um it was when I transferred
1: from like a little school like San Benildo near our house, I started playing competition when I transferred to San Beda for grade six like grades from grade six till First year of high school, uh, that's when I started playing competitive. Then that's when my dad started watching and stuff like that, my whole family. Yeah, it's just because it's like, because it's Babylonia's little little, um, son was in Sanbeda already playing basketball. And then they recruited me to come over and stuff like that to play two more years for in SBPs like a little league and stuff like that so I came with him and then yeah that's when it started that playing competitive because my old school was not really like a competitive school they were just like Catholic super Catholic school so yeah there's not really basketball athlete and stuff like that and what age would you say you were I think I don't I thought uh, I think 13, 30, oh, 13, 12, 12, 13, yeah, 12, 13, because I came here when I
0: was, around 15, 14, right, I remember,
1: 15, 15, yeah, 14, 14, I was here 14, and then, yeah, yeah 12 years old, yeah,
0: 12 So you spent old. spent two years there, pretty much, right, around two, three yeah, years, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. that's like, is it called, I believe, junior high school, isn't it, or, yeah, junior high school is like,
1: yeah, grade school and then yeah. junior high school, Christmas.
0: So how, how, was, how was the competition? I mean, um, is, it, is the quality level of that, say, standard in the, basketball, in, in the Philippines of basketball, is it, is it quite good? Um, do you actually get recognition? Do, do people look out and, and scouts actually look out for, you know, to, to recruit you
1: for college programs? Yeah, but back then, it was because it wasn't better. They have a really good program. They always, like, look after the the kid from having a potential to get to the college level so they basically keep him until they get better until for the until they're ready for college so yeah i think like the program for some better it was just it was just like they want you to grow to be a good player until yeah. you get to the until you get to college so yeah it's it's more it's more like having to have more confidence and experience to get to, to the level that you want to be
0: so once you finished Sam um or um, oh, you didn't actually get to finish it half when yeah, you I were 14 get, you you moved to london that much it must have been a a, a big uh, transition period for you in your life because uh you know you grew up in philippines your whole life now you're in london which you know is is a very diverse city uh completely different to to how philippines is you know a uh, big city with uh, with lots of you know opportunities you know you go to school there's different people from different backgrounds how was that transition into london were you did you get homesick and you know uh how, how it was, was it for just... you
1: it was really hard because, like, I regret, like, to be honest, I regretted it to come here back then because I told my dad that after my first year of uh, high school, my second year of high school, the coach from the juniors junior team of NCAA wanted wanted me to play for the juniors already after after a year of high school. And then it's just upset because my dad really wanted us to go here to be with my mom because my mom was alone here and then i got no i got i didn't really have no choice to be able to come here, to to come here but since the transition of from being the from being from having the competitiveness to bring it to the uk is i wanted to bring it here so it's yeah. like i want to be the best as i can here from what i've learned from 2 years of competitive leagues to the uk mm.
0: so so you know speaking on say advice to the generations you know a lot of the say the young uk filipinos they really want to make it for example say they want to play higher in the pba or they want to make it uh, and play in college. Do you think being in the system, as they call it, I hate to call it sometimes a system, but being in the system in the Philippines, you know, when you're, when you're young, say in a program like San Beda, uh, and they can look out for you uh, in a way that they can nurture you, you know, you train and, and, and team see you, Do you think that's a better plan in a way, rather than going there when you're 18, 19, and yes, yeah. it's, a, it's a difficult transition? What do you think about that, T?
1: I think you're right, coach. You're, like, you're definitely right because it's really hard for us to adapt the basketball, Philippine basketball, in when we're outside of Philippines, Philippines, basically. Because from my from, uh, experience, from having this comp, super competitive uh, time to... Not, I'm not being um, from the UK, but it's like, because we practice every day there and then you come in here like two three times a week and then when you're coming back there again it's really hard for like to transition but if you like if you start from being young and to grow to from of, of like above 18 years old it's, it'll be easier for you to to know the to know the community the system of the school it's like, because when you're eighteen or above, you won't know what the school's system will be if you come in here. If you come in there, so, so yeah, my tr- like that transition it will be so much different.
0: No, yeah. I, I I agree because I can I can see it, especially with some of the athletes that go out there from here. Um, it's it's unfortunate they struggle because. Um, it's not necessary that they're not talented and they're not good enough. Yes. It's, just, uh, it's just adjusting to the lifestyle. Um, yes. And, you know, the, the players already out there are, are, in, the, are in the system. Uh, the yes. coaches know them, they've seen them for a long time. You know, it's, you really have to be exceptional in a way for you yes. to, to exceed. It's like for me, like, I,
1: when I came back to the Philippines, I was... I was, um, I was just an average player. Like, I'm not really that good, like like Keefer, Raven, Geron Tang. I'm not those kind of guys when I came back. But what I felt that when I was here, because I put the competitiveness from, from Sanbedo to put it here. So I felt like I was more confident for myself and stuff like that. But, but when I came back, it was really hard for me because I didn't know the system. Yeah, Because I was there for, I was here for like more than seven years.
0: Mm, and then came mm.
1: back, you know, came back to the Philippines, age of 20, 20, oh, age of 21. So it was really hard for me to trans, trans, like, to... Transition, yeah. Yeah, transition, yeah, that's it.
0: Um, we'll definitely get to and touch on that part when uh, you, you know, when you actually eventually go back to the Philippines. Um, yeah. So... Mm. You're in London. or you're in you, you're you're not based in London, right? You're actually outside London. Epsom, is it? Yeah, I'm no I'm in Preston now. Preston. Uh, up Preston. Yeah. But it's when like you it. when when you first came to London um, I to be reunited. are you in London? Oh, you were in London? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was in um, London Um so oh yeah, because you were playing for Harris Academy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um so you know, you're, you're, I remember when you first came, uh, you sparked so much uh, life, I would say, and some energy into the community because we'd never seen someone, a talent such as you, especially at what, uh, you were only 14 at the time, 15. Um, where, where do you go from there? So, you know, finding a basketball program, finding a coach, finding a basketball club, which kind of suits your Mentality kind of you feel you know this this club will get the best out
1: of me. Well, it's all started in youth games, it's it was we were representing Sutton, Sutton County, and then I was with Sam Estrada, one of your players. Shout and, out, Sam! Uh, shout out, Sam, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, there's. There's this one coach that we would like was just watching us, and then he he's called uh, Robert Youngblood. He coaches uh, Essex Leopards one time for Division One. So yeah, he he talked to me after after the game, and then he was like, "Oh, we're having this uh, academy that we're building with Steve Bucknell. I was like, oh, "Who's Steve Buckner? I don't know who that is." And then I came. I came there and then started, like started showing what I've got. And then that's when I started building his trust. Cause, uh, like I was, show, I was just showing how competitive I was, how he wanted us to be. So, so yeah, that's,
0: as they say, they were they were always, in my eyes, you know, Talent will always be spotted. So um, yeah. again, the the path will follow to say now uh, you are joining Young Bloods program. Um, yeah. was this at, this was at Harris Academy?
1: Or- yeah, this was at Harris Academy. Yeah, he, he, it was that's where it all started, and then that's when I met uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, Camille, and Ruel Graham's one of my best teammates in Harris. So yeah, that's when it all started. Like, was this the time that
0: you met? Um, so I worked professionally with uh, Jade Buckley as well. Was he on that team too?
1: Yeah, yeah, Jade, yeah, yeah. He was in a uh, Lewisham team. Yeah, he was in Lewisham team. Yeah. yeah. So, he, he,
0: told me, he, he told me. He told me took his minutes. That's what he said to
1: me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just gave it you know, just to you know, just to show what I've got. No.
0: Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he, oh He's got love, man. Uh, shout out yeah. Jade. Um, he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so playing at for Steve, Steve Bucknell. So for, for for the ones that do not know, Steve Bucknell, you know, great coach in the UK, strong reputation, played in the collegiate levels in America, played at North Carolina, I believe. Um, yes. Played in um, the NBA as well. So he's running his own club here, which is now at the London Funder. Uh, how's it like to play for a coach like Steve Bucknell?
1: He's he's a really like he's one of a coach that really wants like the best out of you. He he wants he wants you to he wants to trust you or what you can do. It's like he lets you do what you want, but you have to show him that he should trust you. He's just one of those great coaches that believes in each player's. So, so, yeah, that's playing for coach Steve Buckner is like a, so much privilege because I didn't know that he was just one of those great, great coaches back in, when I was playing with for him. So, yeah, it's just really a privilege to play with coach Steve Buckner. So um, you played at
0: under-16 and under-18, correct? Um, just under-18. Under-18. Under 18. 18. And um your team won the national title with the under eighties, correct? Yes. yes, yeah. So this, 18, I mean yeah. I mean the system back then was completely different. I mean they we didn't have the I, I don't believe we had the EABL, correct? And and all yeah. this other yeah, yeah. like there were academies but um you know a lot of them were integrated more into national league to to, for Mm -hmm. development which is you know it happens now too uh but the eabl provided a platform for a lot of the just the colleges out there um describe that feeling of you know being part of the team you mentioned some names you know Uh, You you and Roel used to be quite uh, a strong dynamic duo in in the UK scene. I remember you guys uh, were making a lot of noise. Uh, Describe that under-18 team, because I still see, uh, you know, you you share it. It it, it has a lot of, like, kind of meaning and memories to you, right?
1: Because, like, that under-18 team is, like, so much memories and so much things that we don't want to forget, because it's, like, we have ups and downs and stuff like that, so like every time every time one like one of us like goes down, everyone has to pick him up to be in the same page. It's like I don't know it's like I felt like I have brothers like really have brothers like how coach Steve put us together as a team like as a one team that's how it made me feel like I don't want to lose this memory. Like, I will never be who I am when I was there without them. That's how it it felt, like, just pure family. So it's like, yeah, that's just, like, if everyone's competitive, everyone has to be competitive. So, yeah, that's about it.
0: And then, yeah, it's just pure family, really. So do you think that, you know, that that brotherhood, as they call it, you know, do you think that transcends onto the court? So as close as you are off the court, do you think that that transcends into the court? Like as in the way you play?
1: Yeah, it's like everyone has everyone's back. It's just we transition from outside to the inside of the court. It's like whatever it can be, whatever my teammate. Helps me to do I will help him What I can do So it's like Yeah that, Everyone has Each other's back Really That's yeah, how that, it, was. That, like, it, it helps
0: build That trust factor As trust, well Right yeah, Especially yeah. Um, So Looking at The under 18 You know That that whole run Were you guys undefeated Is there any games That really speaks out To you That you thought You know This is a game That I'll always remember um, As part of that Championship run well, we was we
1: was. I think we, I think we was undefeated. Yeah, we didn't we lost we didn't lose. Until no, nah, actually we didn't lose. Yeah, we didn't lose. So all throughout we was just fighting for the championship, championship national championship, and then. Like we were all scared. We were like to be honest. We were all scared to face Manchester because Manchester was the big thing. Because like Jack Cook was there and stuff like that. Tom, I forgot his surname. Yeah, they were just like making loud noise for us, not Manchester. And then luckily we were faced. We faced London Pioneers in the semifinals, and then Omari Omari Coats uh shot a clutch free. And then yeah, that's when it all started. And we faced Westminster uh, in the finals. That was a strong team. Um, so yeah, it's like we really worked hard to be in that position, to be to be winning those uh, chips. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I know, for example, you the crowds in in Philippines, especially for the UK people that've never seen college. Uh, athletics in the philippines it's very similar to it's very similar to how america running you know the thousands of fans screaming yeah, yeah. the environment's crazy but you know being in the final four at under 18s it's would you say it, it, the environment for uk is actually pretty good because i like to think that you know there is a bit of a crowd it does you know there is a bit of excitement it's not the thousands of people but it does get a lot of attention right Yes, yeah, like, fans, like,
1: I think uh, basketball here in U- uh UK, when it all started was when we were in high school playing for high-risk. I think that's when it all started, that community of basketball was building up and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think from now, like, until now, like, I think college basketball is, like, getting bigger and bigger. I think the louder of, like, it's not even, like, it's not a thousand people, but the love of what the fans or like what the people watch it's like they see how like they see people having fun and stuff like that so yeah I think it's just the love of the game that I think they look at like that's the loudest I think of if it's not even a noise it's just how they want to learn the, and they want the, pa- the
0: passion right the passion, the passion
1: the that's yeah. it yeah so yeah
0: no i agree i agree it's a like you said it's all about it's not just about the quantity the the mm. numbers it's all about the quality isn't it and yeah. um as you can see the uh, especially at final fours you know i coach some national league players and and they always remember their final fours they always said i played that final fours you know it's something to be proud of when the parents usually come down they support there's yeah. always a good crowd um so i think you played one more season with harris after that, right? I think you did under 19s yeah. and, yeah. and you played college. Um, and you guys won as well that year, as well, yes. correct? Uh, yeah, okay. that
1: year. That year, yeah, yeah. It's just that that year was a different team. It's like um, the year before, we didn't really re- win it, but under 18s Lewisham, the club team, we won it. But then the next year, under 19s, Coach Steve Bucknell brings like this England players coming in from from grade school. They came in to play for Harris Academy. So, yeah, he recruited them to come play for us. And then that's when we started all winning and stuff like that. So, yeah, under-19s, that team was, I think, the great team that I've played with. One of the great teams I've played with under-19s, Premier League for Harris. Because we got like Cavell Bigby Williams that's in D-League, NBA D-League right now. Myers-Lawrence Smart was like a, like a agile, super quick point guard. And yeah, like and stuff. And Dwayne Oregio Dwayne was in there as well for like one of the England players. So yeah, it was like good, good journey for us under-19s. That was like the best year as well.
0: So, when, when, I, when I mentioned you won the championship, which one was that? Was that the, the college league? Was that the national league?
1: That was the... Because under-18s, Lewisham, we won that. And then the under-18s, Harris, we didn't win it because we lost to Manchester in the semi-finals. But then the next year, under-19s, Premier League, we won it. We won it with, like, the England boys. So, yeah, it was a good programme for us. And then... Barkin Abbey have a good program, kind of like players from different kind of countries they they played for. So, yeah, under-18s and under-19s Harris and then under-18s Lewisham. That was a uh, two championships well, that I played for under Steve Bucknell.
0: Well, they say in basketball, you always have to lose one to win one. So win maybe one, that, yes. So that, that loss at Manchester, you know, you got yes, your... Yeah. You, You got your redemption in a way. Redemption, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um,
0: So now, uh, under so you finish your season, you know, great season with some talent, which actually, you know, as you mentioned, have gone on to play at very high levels. Um, This is where you kind of have a, a big move in your career, isn't it? And you decide, should I keep studying here? You know, there's probably some universities here that are offering you scholarships, and say, you know, you can study here, Terence, You know, this is your opportunity, or you know, this is your chance to go back home and and get that get that competitiveness, get that home field that you you've missed for so many years. What made you decide to to go to La Salle, De La Salle University?
1: It's it started when we have this under eighteen game, like under eighteen game in Liverpool National League against uh, Lewisham and then against Woking, And it's like, not Woking, Solent, Solent Crystals. Uh, that was the time when PBA legends came here and stuff like that in Liverpool. One of the coaches is Johnny uh, uh, um uh, Alan Kaidik, one of the coaches in De La Salle University. So yeah, um, Kenneth Durham. there's one of the coaching, in Adamson. They offered me a lot. They off, like this. That's when they started offering me scholarships to go to play in Philippines. The one then I chose De La Salle because uh, it's one of the biggest schools in Philippines, and I wanted to be. I wanted to play under uh, Dandin Kuanko. Cause that's where that's when my dad started playing for for San Miguel, cause he was the owner of San Miguel back then. So yeah, that's when I chose uh, De La Salle University to so like decided me. Cause I did so at first I didn't want, cause I want I'm here already. I didn't want to go back and forth, go back and forth. Um, yeah, it's like I didn't want to go back, cause. I've made names already. I've made name here and then I don't want to go back there and just, like, I don't know what's going on there and stuff like that. But my dad forced me to be a better player, basically, better player, better, like, better person. So I came back to the Philippines for the Del Salle University know. So,
0: mm, yeah. as you as you mentioned, it's like going there and starting from scratch, isn't it? And, yeah. and starting from right at the bottom again. You know, you have mm-hmm. to 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 play and and everyone's respect, build your network again, build the build your trust with the, the people around you. Um, yeah. And that's not an easy thing to do at all. Um, but I remember when you first transferred, um, you were you were in the B team, correct, De La Salle yeah. B.
1: I was in the B team, yeah, because I was doing a residency. Uh, I have to stay for the school for one year before playing for the for the actual team. That's what, how it works after when, like, if you transfer from another country to the Philippines or another school to the Philippines to another.
0: So, is that, uh, yeah. if you don't mind me asking, is that because you have a British passport, correct?
1: Yes, because I was a resident here, yes. Yeah, I stayed mm-hmm. here for a long time and then... I came back just to mm. do a residency year uh, for one so, year. Um,
0: so you played on the B team um, and I still remember some of the, the highlights that, and, and, and the things that you were sharing because you were still, you know, it's hard for me, it's hard for an athlete to come from here, let alone the Philippines, but say America or anywhere, and respect the coach's trust straight away. Do you, do you know what yeah. I mean? And, and earn that trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and get minutes and have that opportunity, but it looked like in the B team that, you know, you were actually having fun. You were playing. You were, you know, you made good teammates around you. Um, mm-hmm. it, it kind of described that that experience of playing for Salle B, because you know you finally made it to the the one of the top teams in the UAAP. You know, the the Green Archers. How was that experience playing for the for the B team and representing them?
1: It's like it's It's a good experience, a really good experience. It's just like um if they really look after you as a player athlete, and um, they always they always give you like what you need and stuff like that. it's It's just a good experience for me, great, great experience, uh, having teammates like recruited from America, like Abu Tratter that's in the PBA right now and for Gilles, Julian Sarge, Yankee Haruna, Ben Imbala was one of the best imports in UAP. It was like a good privilege, it was privilege and it was a great experience playing with these guys that's reached their level already. So, yeah, that's a great experience, really.
0: But as you, as you mentioned, you know, starting from scratch, um, go to the point before this, you know, you said you had to start from scratch. Um, oh, yeah. How was that like transitioning into the back into because obviously it's in your roots you know you grew up in the Philippines, you played there, you know you played high school there. but transferring to the u k you people don't realize that you, you actually adjust your game and you change the way you think and see the game sometimes because you're in that environment, isn't it? So you have to go back into the Philippine basketball mentality. Uh, how was that you know going into B?
1: Like the basketball was so different because, like, in here they just like I, I mean they play proper defense, of course, but it's not as hard as Philippines. Like, when you get the ball, if as soon as you're a point guard, when you get the ball from the uh, from the uh, inbound, someone's already up you, like in there in your face. It's like it's so different because, like, in Philippines mentality, when I was there, and then they were recruited recruited american players like oh someone's telling me oh someone's gonna take your minutes someone's gonna take your minutes that's why they recruited them that's their mentality so every every time that you're new from a country to go to the philippines they're always up in your ass it's like they always they don't want like they don't want their minutes to be gone just because you're here you get you got recruited so it's way different from transition from the UK to the Philippines. So it's like it's really hard for me to adopt because I didn't know what, how it was then until I came back to the Philippines for college basketball. I didn't know how the program went. I didn't know how to, to adopt what they have during when they were from young to college in the Philippines. So it was really hard for me to move back and forth. So, it's
0: yeah. it's 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 kind of like the would you say the the American mentality? You know, when you go to America um, and say you're you're a Brit and you go there, they don't they don't really care what you've achieved, yeah. like for, for yeah, yeah. where where you're from, what you've done. You yeah. know, for example, you won national championships in the UK. You know, you you were MVP, final fours, and um, but they don't really care, right? They'll they just really go up in your face them. and guard you.
1: Yes, they don't really care, especially in the Philippines. It's like, especially when Philippines, and like my dad was well known, my surname was well known, and they were like, "Oh, that's that's the, the, that's the kid from UK that's been having shout like Mike Mustre's son and stuff like that." That's when it all hyped out that, "Oh, I don't want him to take my minutes and stuff like that." That's when it it's basically just quiet down on me and stuff like that. So,
0: I I believe um with with every athlete uh, student athlete they have to go through this at one point it's a true test of character as well you know how you respond to this you know some people shy away some people get scared um, and yeah. they don't perform to their to their potential um mm-hmm. but some people actually rise and um ultimately if you see it as in they're trying to get the best out of you um and you just want to prove them wrong isn't it so if you have that mentality um i think a lot of players that usually get far they have that they've always had that test they've always had that character building it's just it's,
1: this is this was the wrong mentality I had when I was in De La Salle because I was really homesick to be honest I was really homesick when I came back and then I was always thinking like every practice if I didn't show if I didn't show no good like if I didn't show what I've got it's like I let myself down. It's like, oh man, I don't know what I'm I'm doing here. Why did I go back? And then I was thinking back of my mind, like if anything happens, if I did, if this didn't go through, I have UK that has my backup anyway, cause I'm still going to go back and stuff like that and do, uh, I don't know. It's like, so that's when I started playing for the team, a having good teammates like uh that bonds together we still keep in touch um so it's like it's hard for me to adopt what bas- philippine basketball from uk basketball again
0: yeah so, so w- when when you say you were homesick you actually so when you moved to when you were uh, 14 um did you actually do you do you believe you found a home in London? Do you think that, you know, you you played basketball here, you you found a bot you know, you found the community, you found your friends. Um is that what you meant by homesick or is it just more of, you know, I'm I miss my family, uh I'm away it's, from it's them?
1: More, basically both. It's oh. basically both I miss I miss my family because I'm alone in when I came back from Philippines, I was alone. Um I miss the community of basketball. My friends were back here. You know, I was having fun when I was here. And then back going back there on my own, not having any, like, not knowing anyone else. It's really hard, yeah. So it's really hard that, that I adapt to go back to scratch again, to not knowing anyone to be, you know. And then, yeah, that's about it.
0: So that, that one year... I think you did one year residency, right? And you played for the B team. Um, You've now progressed um, and you get the call up to the A team, is it the first team? Yeah. Um, Explain that feeling. Um, You've already touched on it. You said the teammates are, there was more of a brotherhood. um, Mm. Because I I can imagine B team could be a lot more competitive because everyone's trying to get to the first team. Right. First whereas, whereas first team is competitive but it's, it's like okay we've, we've made it to the main team and now we need to work together more collectively to to you see the bigger goal which is the, the championship business so explain that explain that process explain how you were feeling when you actually suit up for the first time for the first team
1: it was the experience was so great like I didn't get to play like for a, like a big stadium and stuff like that. It's like, it was my heart like dropped when I saw, when I first came into the like arena and then drums was in, drums and crowds was there. It's like, it's crazy how from transition from B and just, just an average player to be into that level. You know, it's like, cause it all started when I was in team B at first, the coach of team a told me already that i won't be able to get to the team a he's gonna cut me and then i proved him wrong when we went to cebu played some of the schools in cebu for like three games and then played very very well earned a lot of minutes that's when i gave a little trust to him to be able to reach to the team a and having an experience of being having teammates like Geronteng, Arnold Van Opsa, well-known players, Almond Vasotras, Thomas Torres. They always they welcomed me as like they were my teammates last year. It's just because like, they didn't think about like, oh, he's going to take my minutes, he's going to take my minutes. We always have to be in the same page. We always welcome whoever's going to be a championship team, basically because they're always going to build a championship team to be able to reach the goal that they want to be. They were, they want to be. So. It's like,
0: I think they see you and say, we've been through that. We know you've made it yes. now to, to, you know, because they, they had all had to go through it and prove themselves. So once, mm-hmm. you, I, I, once I believe, you know, you're on the A team, you're like, yes, you know, this guy yeah. has proven it, and he's gone through it, um, and you've yeah. earned the respect, which is the most important. The respect, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so your first season in De La Salle, you know, I I didn't study in the Philippines, but um, I do a bit of research. You know, I I hear about you know the culture out there. You know, they really hype up college basketball. I, I hear like there's rallies, you know, to start off the season. Um explain those those little things you know these are probably little things people always always say you know the basketball stuff is what you remember but I think a lot of the off-court stuff is is things that kind of make you smile and and, and kind of think I miss that student athlete in
1: environment student athlete. it's being a student athlete it's just like it's crazy how because people because basketball is like the world number 1 like number 1 sport in philippines if they know that you're a basketball player they always go they always look up to you because like they, like it's a one number one sport and then they just watch watch basketball all the time it's just that uh, there's always pep rally that we have before the season starts and then It's a big crowd. I mean, all of the students, all of the schools are watching us doing some dancing and stuff like that. (laughs) Just initiation. We have to dress up like a girl to be to dance in front of these thousands of a lot of people. You know, it's just... Those are the memories that you will never forget because that's when you're going to start your confidence. If you're going to be shy, you're going to be shy in the court. If you're not going to be shy off um if you're not going to be shot off the court you're not going to be shot in the court so that's where having this initiation and this rally that we have to perform in a big stage and stuff like that so yeah
0: and and it, it builds that connection with the fans doesn't it? they they actually see yeah. you and and they they they're like oh wow it builds that that connection that relationship um and it also shows, you know, you're not just basketball players. You're 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 just, you know, you're athletes. You're just human beings. Because you know, like you said, people put you on a pedestal. But when you know, when they see you off the court, it's nice because they're like, wow, you know, they they can have a laugh, they can joke about. Um, yeah. And it's 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 it. it I see you smiling because it must have been some nice memories that you've had.
1: <laughs> yes, of course. It's like it's things, things like that is just never unforgotten. You know, it's like, it's just been part of your journey. It's been part of your life that you will never change. Like you will, it will never go away to be honest.
0: For that, for the athletes that are here, you know, uh, all, all around the world, wondering what it's like to be a green archer. Um, how would the, say a usual student athlete they be? Um, you know, would you train early in the morning? Get some breakfast in, good uh, evening workouts, video video sessions, one-to-ones. How does it work? It's basically
1: when I was in Team A, we always have this uh, viewing. They call it viewing, like team team breakdowns. It's basically when we have a game and then we always have this viewing that we have before practice, breaking down plays and stuff like that. And then we review other teams other teams, um plays, uh other teams players, uh we study each other and then we have this one on one to one like conversations that you have to be here, see your role and stuff like that in Del Sal. And then it's like and training wise, we only train in the mornings before classes. So we go first thing. We go up to the gym. We go. We have this weight weights program that we do before training, and then off the court, then gym, and then in the court for like two, three hours, and then after that, we straight go to to the dorm get changed and stuff ready for school you know school until like six o'clock and then after six o'clock you got nothing else to do but that's when the time you're that's when the time you're like uh doing extra works like uh extra shooting extra gym extra i don't know what else you can do so the court is just like Five minutes away from where your dorm is, anyway, so you can just do extra work and stuff like that.
0: So, and it's and it's open for athletes to come in and just
1: yeah, always open. Yeah, the gym is always open until ten o'clock at night. So yeah, some like and then they built like an outside court just by our uh, dorm dormitory. So. You can just shoot around there at midnight and stuff like that. It's always open. So, yeah, it's just like that's when the time you have to do extra. They don't have to tell you and stuff like it's your own initiative to be doing extra work to be a better player, really.
0: Did you Did you find yourself on those courts quite a lot by yourself, shooting and putting the extra reps in?
1: Yes, of course, yes, because... At that time, I didn't have any, enough minutes to earn. So that's when I started working hard, working hard and stuff like that. So when I'm when I'm not on the court, it's like when I'm not having this minutes back then in Little Sal I was just working, working, working. After game days, I always keep working hard, keep shooting, keep doing what I can and then yeah that's when I started losing trying to lose weight and stuff like i tried to be keep in touch with my uh, body so back then in La Salle it's like you all you look yeah like you look after we have our own kitchen we have like our own dormitories like proper you don't understand, but it's just like a proper hotel it's like they always they look after you so much that whatever you eat you can eat whatever you want. Is just go to the kitchen. So it's just back then that I was just eating a lot because I was too. We would just look after. So mm. yeah, it's just when they started having this time that I didn't have any enough minutes in La Salle. I started working, 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 shooting at night, having this late nights, late nights workouts. So that's when I started building my confidence, confidence, confidence. So
0: so describe your your first season at De La Salle. Um, as you mentioned, you know, the opportunities, uh, there are probably more senior guards there already. Um, you said, you know, you weren't receiving the the minutes. Um, how did that feel? How If you had to kind of overview that one season and give it a summary, what, what would you say and how did it go? Um,
1: it went... Off, like, it's always... Uh, um, it's always like a challenge to me back then cuz i didn't like there was three games already starting off the season that i didn't have any enough enough minutes and then that's when i started like oh um i'll just work my way up i'll just work my i'll work my minutes to to be to be in the court and then i think though i think i I went down cuz I felt down cuz the way I was working during the season the I think the progress is not really enough to be the rotation but then there was this time that it was Ateneo and La Salle it's just like a big proper rival school game and then they put me in just to guard uh, one of the best shooters in the UAAP Peso Um they told me to guard him to not not make him shoot. That's when the time that I have to show what I need to be as my role to perform in the court. So I did at first I didn't really I didn't really like accept my role back then. Cause in UK I was well known and then coming back here and then adopting. It's like I have to adjust what my role is. That's the system that the Philippines, like you have to know your role. So they told me just to guard the shooter. And then after that game, I played like, I think 10 minutes. That's when I was, wow, I was like, Oh, I think that's my role to be like a defender. So sometimes they always put me in a situation that to guard the best, one of the best players, one of the, shooters to defend so yeah that's what my role was and then that's the journey of being the Villa just you know to know your role in the team
0: It's, it's, it's quite difficult for a player um, to accept their role I think it's one of the toughest challenges a player has to face I mean and people don't understand is that you know they say uh, you play your game wherever you are but I think there's, that's not necessarily always true, you know, for example, mm-hmm. you went, you were in the UK, you know, you, co- you were coached under Steve Bucknell, but as you yes. mentioned earlier, he, 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 you know, he had that trust in you, and he gave you kind of what I like to call that creative freedom, because yes. you built that trust, you know, uh, to, to kind of express yourself, because I always see the, the basketball court as like a it's an art, isn't it? And you have to express yourself. Talent, uh, you have to, uh, yeah, you have a system. Yeah, you have plays. But I always believe that individuals, especially, you know, talented uh, talented individuals that, you know, offensively want to uh, like get going. Even on the defense, it's an art in, in itself. But I always believe that, you know, having that creative freedom and that trust from the coach kind of helps you. Um, so in terms of, you know, De La Salle, it must have been difficult facing that that challenge as, you know, this is, you you came from like getting the ball in your hands and now playing without the ball pretty much, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think it makes you a better teammate and you, you know, you understand the game? Because I remember when I was uh, like following your career in the Philippines, you know, I, I necessarily don't see the people that are always on the camera. I always, as I think even now when I coach, I look at the people usually on the bench in the team, and what I used to see is you know you always get up for your team, you know you're throwing your towel, you're supporting your yeah. team, um, and those are little things that I think it's a skill one to accept your your uh, to accept your role, but two to be a better teammate. Do you think it made you a better teammate
1: i think yeah, I think it made me learn how to be like under other people's shoes it's just it's just like i won't be i won't be able to uh be a team teammate a good teammate if um i won't be feeling i won't be feel i won't feel what my teammates feel like it's basically yeah i don't I forgot i forgot, i mean it's hard to explain. It's just like...
0: It's, it's because you, cause you're not on the court contributing, say, 30, 40 minutes. Um, you can contribute in other ways. Is that what you mean? And Because and, you're yes, from yes, the bench. Yeah, that's yeah. And from the bench, you know, and you've already built this. Like you said, you still talk to these guys. Um, uh, a lot of them uh, play professionally, you know, and you, they welcomed you. So uh, it's your, in a way, your role as a teammate, your respect to them, that you support them. Is that correct?
1: Yes, yeah. I support them in any way because, like, I want to be the teammate that supports my teammate to be the best they can be. Mm. It's like I find a way, other way, to make them perform how they want to be.
0: So, yeah. So, from you spent one season at De La Salle, correct? Uh, The 18, and you decided to go to Adamson um i mean this was uh this was quite spread in in the the collegiate news you know you're jumping from one university to another um what made you decide you know it's a big decision to do that because you're one you're leaving your teammates two you're leaving a program you know um it's a big decision to make so uh, what kind of you know of course you know playing time is is important but what other factors did you did you put into it this yes.
1: It's just that um I think I need to have more experience being in the court, more um having like confidence being around the around the coach and then it's just the time that I have to move forward to look uh, to 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 have myself you know, have uh, have myself some pride to be Oh, I can do this. I can do that, and then, so yeah, that's when the time of the I decided to transfer in Addison to show uh, to show what I can do for for the school, basically.
0: And um, was that? I think you mentioned before. You know, when the PBA legends came here, was it Alan Kayide that was? Uh, yes, it at was Alan Kayide
1: that recruited me. Not in Addison, oh, not Dela Salle. Kenneth Duramdas Kenneth Durham, this was my my nino. It's like my godfather. It's like uh, one of my dad's best friends. Um, he was the one of the coaching Adamson back then when I transferred, and he offered me to play for Adamson to get more minutes, to have more experience and um, confidence. So yeah, that's when it started, and then he got well. He got well when I came to Adamson. That's when the time that they were the last place in the UAP. That's when it. That's when they uh, changed coach for the next for the 18th, and then I was playing for the B team. So it was a and how
0: yeah. how 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 did Salle react to that? You know the coaching stuff. Were they were they <laughs> did they understand?
1: um the the head coach the head coach uh do you know to he, he understands and then well most of the coaches but then it's the time that i played moving forward it's like out on the day that uh i moved to adamson dandy was um uh, was shocked that i moved he didn't even know so uh, it was just the time that we faced uh Lasao uh, in the UAP. That's when the time was. I went up to Dinko Wanko and he was like, "You didn't even let me know," but it was not a joke thing. And then he was just like, oh, "Just a good take, uh, take a good care of yourself and, and stuff like that." So it was just that time that. Uh, he didn't know that I was that I moved, but he wanted mm. me to stay. So it's just from my my dad's and my my uh, decision to make. So,
0: so you're at Adamson now. So yeah. you found a home of the Falcons. Was you know as you've mentioned, they're they're on a rebuild. They're on a transition team, right? They're 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 in a transitional period. I mean, um, new coach. You know, uh, how did it feel transferring from De La Salle to Adamson? Was, you know, the facilities must be different. Uh, the way the culture is, is, is it, it... How did that feel to you?
1: The culture was so different. Like, La Salle, they look after you and stuff like that. But in Adamson, it's like oh, you're on your own, basically. It's just a different kind of culture that... um It helps you as a person as well. That... Um, Because in Adamson, you always look after your, like, you're, like, uh, you're, like, uh, oh, what do you want? It's, like, and stuff like that. But in Adamson, it's just a different culture that you have to find your own way to be, to look after yourself and stuff like that, so.
0: I I think that's an interesting point because, you know, you see these top programs. It just doesn't happen in the Philippines. But, for example, Mm -hmm. in America, D1, um, programs, in a way... I hate to use the word "spoil," but they—they they kind of spoil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. spoil their athletes, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, they—they they give them, you know, everything that they need. Uh, whereas, I feel sometimes going to a program which is not as big has less resources and um, uh, can help build you as a as a human, as a as a as an athlete, as a person, because you have to be more independent. Do you would you yeah, agree course, on that? Yeah,
1: I agree on that. I definitely agree on that coach. It's just, it's, it's most common in a basketball community. It's like basketball Mm. lifestyle. So,
0: so we're at Adamson and it's back to, back to square one again. You have to prove yourself to the coach, meet your teammates. You probably played against them uh, the year before. Um, how was that? Did, Did they, did they open you with welcome arms? Um, and I know you have to adapt to a new role in that team. Uh, tell me more about yeah. that.
1: It's a it's, uh, it's way different compared to when I came from UK to Delsa. they, they the, the Adamson community welcomes you as like, oh, the new player, oh yeah, yeah, we, we, we accept you and stuff like that. They always welcome players from other countries, from other different kind of schools. They're always welcome because they want to rebuild. They want to be well to be known again as a one of the top schools. Back in two years ago, before I came back to Philippines, because they were like a Final Four comp uh, Final Four contender. Um, they want to be on that that um, that level again, so they want to rebuild and stuff like that. So they all they welcome you as their own teammates like why I played them before, some of the players was like, Oh, that's you, that guy from La Salle, that's Chubby Chubby And um uh that's the time that they welcomed me and uh, with open arms basically so it was really a good good transition, easy transition for me. Didn't have to to you know to like to adopt a different kind of culture again. So.
0: so speaking about the the role on your team, um, you know, the coach, new coaching, new team, uh, he's defining roles, you know. Um, pe- players don't usually realise it. They're normally assigned a role, but usually in the season, they get in the habit of actually filling that role. And that's when they clearly understand it. You know, some people, some coaches, they say it to you straight, but some coaches will actually, um, you know, build you up into that role. So you kind of naturally fall in. So what was your yep. role at, 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 at Adamson? It was completely different to De La Salle, correct?
1: Yes, completely different. Because I was basically one of the co-captains in, um, uh, in Adamson. So it's like, it's the system that I have to show my other teammates that being a captain you have to follow me so I have to work hard as much as I want them to work hard so that's the time that um, I have to be more vocal be more as a teammate and stuff like that so um, be being from a, a, a zero minutes on having an experience of actual playing in the court for like 15-20 minutes a game it's a big difference because you have to as a leader of a team you have to show what you have to bring for the team it's just you have to lead your teammates where you want to lead your school so yeah that's the only trends like the my role is to be to work hard and I to work hard with my teammates to get to where we want to be in a level.
0: So if you um, had to overview that first season that you had with Adamson, you know, um, it will probably be a difficult one because I think you said the team was did not was bottom of the table in in the the, the year before. Yeah. Um, new coach did you guys win many games? how was it did you know was a system in place was the coach was the coaching Did they make it clear you know were your teammates optimistic
1: it was the the, the coach because the coach really had a really good system uh, that last year we the last year before I played for adamson is is there was just like the bottom of the league but then when a new coach came in it's like they not gonna lie, but the, the I'm not uh, f- not coaching. But the the coach the year before was a very good coach, and then the next year was a good coach. His name Franz Pumarin. he was one of the top coaches in the Philippines back in La Salle. So he had a good program. He had a beliefs in his in his th- in his uh, players. Uh, we were winning games. Actually, we was winning games. We reached. Um, final four on the first year of me playing Adamson. So, it was a good, good run for us. Uh, It was, we lost only four, five games, five games out of 14 games in that season. So, it was really, it was really a good run for us. And then, that's the time that um, we we uh, we made a history of being in the final four again after like after so ten years twelve years so yeah
0: was that was that Coach Franz's first year yeah. with you or was did yeah that was the my secretary?
1: first year first year was uh Franz Pomarin. Franz Pomarin was the coach when I came for Adamson
0: so um. As you mentioned, it was one of your, you know, one of the school's goals and, and to get back into, say, the elite final four, which, you know, you oh, achieved. Yeah. I think you can some say that the, the college program overachieved, that season in a way because you know you surpassed a lot of people's expectations right um coming from a a season you know new coaching as you said very experienced one of the best around you know they've they've recruited very well um in a way they built themselves up good so the second season is probably looking very promising that you can actually get to the, the actual final of the uap the play you know um how was that feeling? I mean the second season, you'll probably discuss it, but you were you had a few injuries that year, right? And you had to adjust yeah. to a new role. Um I think it was six man. Yeah, six man. Yeah, I was
1: a sixth man. I was a sixth man that uh, on my second year. And then I was like um I was like a backup shooting guard again for for um Jerick and Misi. And there was this there was uh, injuries that was Bothering me all throughout the season, and then it was basically my knees. Um, that's when it all started that I have to to adapt a different role as a teammate again to be part of the team. So my role was just basically to help again, like back when I was in south to help my teammates what I can do off the court and on the court. So yeah that's, that was the role new role that I was uh having back in on the second year of having injuries.
0: Were you were you still the captain of the team? Were you, did you still yeah, have that was, leadership
1: role? Yes, I was still having that leadership even though I was not playing. I was key make I was motivating, I was inspiring my teammates just to be better and stuff like that to make them work hard even more. Uh, be just being as a leader really it's like when i'm not with them on the court i'm i'm there well I'm, i'll am make my presence that i'm in the court basically
0: and and that's the thing i think um some players they they kind of they they definitely get disheartened and and upset when you know they don't play um And someone always told me just because you're on the bench doesn't mean you're not a good player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And someone told me that when I was young, and it's very true, you know. And and I think the players from the the year before definitely respect you because of how you carried the program in the first year. Um, But they understand that you know your body gets older with time. Uh, You had a few injuries, situations changes. You know, basketball teams evolve, um, and you adjusted to your role. And I think. Uh, that's a big sacrifice for the bigger yeah. goal because I think you guys went to the the playoffs that year, right? As well, and yeah, the second
1: year off. again, like two consecutive years, we went to final fours back to back, but then yeah, we lost to we both lost uh, to De La Salle two years straight in the final four semifinals.
0: And I actually so, remember watching that game, and I could see um, how emotional you were because I, f- I yes. think that was a uh, I think you knew that might have been your
1: last year uh, playing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. It was it was bad because that was the time that, well, half half of the season, I was um, I was injured and then I came back just a week before the final fours. So but I told my coach that I'm good to go. I'm good to go. I want to play for my. It might be my last game. So. Uh, they didn't put me on, then that's we're very emotional because I wanted to play from like for the team and for the school for the last time, and then against the team that I've played before it's like it's gonna it was supposed to be a good feel, like good last game for me, but yeah. I couldn't cause they didn't really they didn't trust my health yet. But you know, it's, that's how things it is. That's how things go. But
0: that's, that's but, how it is. But as 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 I said before, even in the Salle, you know, I I still remember. I even saw the pictures again on Adamson. You know, you were as you mentioned, you were leading these guys. You were cheering from the bench, you know. And um I saw emo, um, like emotions being you know being shown when when you guys didn't win, and I could see you. Supporting your teammates, you know being there for them um that must have been tough that must have been tough it's really
1: been, it's been tough because i wasn't there in the court battling with them it's, but I was there being as a teammate to show that i'm there with them battling as well so it's really it's just it was just emotional for me because it was my last Game for the school, and it was the last game for my for the whole college career for me and yeah, it was just very very emotional so and well while doing the the school school hymn so, so you have to go like uh school song and stuff like that. It's really heartbreaking because you know it's your last year of playing in the college ball and you don't know what's gonna happen on your next journey, in your next career. So, it's it's just really emotional, super emotional.
0: I think again, if you overview your your whole career, it's it's, it's a lot of emotion, a lot of effort in the space of say uh, five five years, four, even um, less than that. You know, playing in final fours in UK, playing in final fours in 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 the Philippines even was that year when you were in Nassau you you made the Final Fours as well yeah we
1: made the Final Fours yeah Yeah, so basically my whole journey of college (laughs) and high school was I've been part of a whole Final Fours basically so and that's it that's
0: that's invaluable experience you know like especially Being part of final Fours, you know having like you said, taking in the whole atmosphere um yes. it's been it's been such a journey, so once you finish Adamson, you know that after that last game, as you said, there's an uncertainty, and it happens with athletes that graduate and finish um, I remember reading an article that you after you finished, uh, you know, everyone was w- wondering what you were going to do. Um, yes, and yeah. I remember reading that you submitted an application for the PBA D-League. Yeah, exactly. um, yeah. yeah. uh, so I think you ended up playing at the Kalookan Supremos, correct? Yes, yeah, for the MPBL, yes. Yeah. Um, tell me how that <laughs> opportunity came about.
1: It was basically one of the coaches of Adamson before, the year before I came. Coach John. To, coach John Callius, yeah, yeah. He, he, offered, me to, he, he offered me to play for, uh, for his Kala'okan team because he knew that I can, I can bring something to the team. I can bring some chemistry for the team. So, yeah, that's when the opportunity came because I didn't know what's going to happen because I, I submitted the application in D League. But then that that D League year was all based uh old school based. So they prefer mostly school pla school boys, school players that plays for the D League team. So me and Rob Manalang didn't get to play for the Adamson Adamson uh D League team. So we went to so basically we just went to MPBL and played for a different kind of team. So uh, landed in kalookan and, and yeah, Coach John really trusted how I play because he 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 knew I played how I played for because I played for his team. He coached me for like two two months and then three months. So it was it was a like it was um, I was happy basically having emotional emotional days that. I don't know what's gonna happen for my next career, so it was just a great opportunity and a great, uh, great uh, coach that I've had to coach uh, for playing for Coach John Calios because he really trusts me how I can bring. So
0: it's it's interesting because I think when you joined the NPBL, it was one of the first years, right? It was still starting. Yeah. It's completely it different now.
1: Start. Yes, completely different now, but the same is like. It's just the same crowds as it is now. It's like because they all people think was like oh PBL was the thing before PBL MBL, but now that the MPBL was was uh, created. The first year of um, MPBL journey was the crowd was at first it was it was like super massive. Like we played opening in Araneta. And then the whole stadium was like full of fans and everything like that. It's like I can see people standing from the stands as well on the opening day. So it was. I think I was. So I thought it was like. Oh, I think I was. I'm in a big league and stuff like that. But then we, were, when we were going to cities, to cities, there were still big crowds. Like it's like a proper. It's like a proper college basketball games like full of people so it was just not it wasn't different but it was a good journey for me to be part of the MPBL first year
0: it's so, it's 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 an interesting um concept the way that MPBL is because uh, as you you get a lot of local fans that go to yeah. go to the games because they're obviously representing the areas, <laughs> isn't it? So it's a, it's a different different type of crowd that you get from say the PBA crowds, um, but it's it's I can imagine you know because ever since then the the league has expanded, um, and I, and you know I've heard from people that it's actually going to be bigger than the PBA. It's going to
1: be bigger. It's going to be bigger, but it's like because now the they're traveling to different kind of countries to play, and I was like, and um, I told the oh they went to Canada,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah they
1: went to Canada, yeah. And I commented to my uh, Nino because Kenneth Ramdes is the commissioner, and then I commented on his uh, post and I told him that oh uh, Nino come to London, come to London, UK to uh, to have a game during the season. And then he he liked it. And then I was like, oh, I think they're going to pursue of having different countries, different games in different countries. So I think it's going to be bigger because there's more cities that wants to join in. Yeah, yeah. To be well known
0: as a, you know, so it's going to be bigger and bigger. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, when they first started, my 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 town, you know, Bako'o, uh, they, they, never, they never had a team you know now they have yeah. the city strikers um yeah. you know you get pba players such as like say jj helterbrand now playing yeah. in the in the mpbl you know and this is what the insight that i've been given you know as as much as um they've stated that they don't want to conflict with what pba is doing they're doing their own thing you know they want to work in a way together, I still think the way that MPBL is, is actually improving, I think it'll be better than the PBA. Or it's actually yes. going to overtake it. I think
1: it's going to overtake PBA because PBA it's, it gives like, um, it gives more opportunities for other people that, the other players that didn't reach PBA, you know, that didn't get to that level. But it's it's just more opportunities for those players that um, that didn't get drafted, that didn't get any teams from the PBA to, be, to show they can do in, in PBL because it's getting bigger and bigger. And, and,
0: then, and, and sorry, T, to cut you off. There are rules in place, isn't it, for this? For example, you, you have to have, like, is it – I'm not 100% sure, but is it, is it um, you have to have players from your area? Representing the team, yes. at least, yeah.
1: You have to have locals in your team, like I think eight players. Look, uh, five local players in your team, and then yeah, then yeah, then you can recruit. Well, some of the some of this PBA players are from that area anyway, so yeah. So yeah, they just because they sometimes they uh, they recruit like players from PBA that's already in PBA that didn't have any contracts the next season. So they cut, they give contracts to the PBA players that didn't have any contracts from the PBA. So they can play for the P- MPBL. Mm. So yeah, it's just getting bigger and bigger, really. And then there's some celebrities playing as well. So it drags a lot of local local fans and
0: stuff like that. So it's a really good, really good uh, basketball league. So, you, so you were there for was it three months or one season? Did you play with
1: the? I Supremos? played one season with Supremos, and then and then I got injured again for, because of my knees, and started uh, started uh, hurting. So I, I stopped after that season. But Coach John wanted me to play for him again, so but I didn't take it. So yeah.
0: So when this I, is. I, you know, this is when um again, I think one of the a big decision you have to make you know you spent uh Philippines around five years since you were uh, five six years since you were eighteen you know um what made you decide to go back to london uh'
1: cause London has been my backup plan to be honest it's like because my family was here, great opportunities are here it's like'cause uh to be honest, I didn't get to finish my studies, so UK will be more have I'll have more opportunities of having job like a a good job or having to continue my basketball career and stuff like that. So yeah, that's when I's, when I uh, pursue pursue to be coming back to UK just to help out my family, basically help out my family and be with my family again, really, and be with my friends and the community that
0: best. And um, I think you made a, a a big statement in terms of uh, recently as well, because of this current uh, COVID-19 pandemic, you know. Um, I remember watching an, an an interview with your father, um, and he mm. was uh, back to, and he was in a, you know, a, a Philippine uh, news company where, where were reporting and, and, you know, he must have said, they were asking, do you miss basketball? But um, his answer really, really inspired me, you know, what he's doing now and, and what you're doing as well. And everyone in the part of the NHS, you know, the national healthcare system here in the UK yeah. are, are saving lives and it's impactful, you know. Basketball, yeah, you know, it's you have an impact, it's a different way, but here, you know, the way your father put it, was truly inspiring, you know, and that's, um, it's great to see what you're, you're continuing to do after your basketball career, you know, and, and what you, what you, what you are doing for your family as well. Um, do you want to speak yeah. about what, what, how it's been like since, you know, since you've been back to London? Um, I know you have your own business. Do you want to talk about, just uh, touch on things that you are doing? You know, I heard you play National League again, which is great. To yeah. <laughs> um,
1: it's just, because, you know, it's like, basketball is not really forever it's it's if you get injured that's it Well, if you like we're just lucky that i'm just lucky that i have uk as my backup cuz you know there's always a backup plan to have cuz if 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 it's just basketball then it's just basketball isn't it so yeah we're just blessed that we we'll, you know i have a, a UK, UK, uh, backup. So it's just, and you know, now, um, I still miss it, but I'm still, I think I'm, I'm, I'm just happy. I think I'm just happy that I what I have right now. I'm blessed on what I have right now. Uh, having my own family now, you know, it's like, it's a blessing in disguise. Um, having a new, having a business gig business. Shout out to Ellie's Cakes. Uh you know, it's just um it's just good journey for me at the moment since I came back and I'm happy of what I am right now. Um yeah, from being um, from having a basketball career from being a good uh being a father is it's like, you know, it's a good good uh, good experience really. Good ride of the life.
0: That's that's a really good um really good point T um and and I know definitely because speaking and being involved in the, the community here in the UK your your story is inspiring you know from where you've gone to to where you are now um just some final thoughts if there's anything that you would like to share so to the younger community here in the UK especially the Filipinos that are you know that see Terence Australia and see, you know, I, I want to be like him. I want to play for Adamson and De La Salle. Uh, what kind of advice would you give them? Um, it's I would give
1: advice that you just stay strong to yourselves. Just be you. Um, well, like, to be honest, it's better for you to start young in Philippines and grow yourself in there like uh, Dylan Dobbins in there. Liam very, in there. Doing very well. Doing, doing very, very, very good. Doing very, yeah. very well actually. Uh, Joshua Barcelona, all and Juniors, juniors UAPs your and the NCAA. I want you guys, like the little kids, I want you guys to start from from being young to grow to your to, to being an adult in Philippines because that's where you know your, you'll know the system. But if you if you are like over eighteen and want to go to the Philippines I think you you can you can do it as if you want to if you want it to to be. It's like on on my experience of having my experience, I just fight what my feelings were were um, pulling me down. So it's just it's just how you have to work hard. You have to show what you can do to help to trust the the, the system basically. Um, to accept your role and, you know, it's like, it's just more, it's to have fun, to have fun playing, playing basketball back in the Philippines. So, yeah, that's it.
0: I, I think um, very good points to you, um in, in a way that uh, we develop a love-hate relationship with the game mm-hmm. because you, yeah. you, you love it and then you learn to hate it. But as you, yeah. as you mentioned, I think we forget to have fun and and Mm -hmm. that's what you it's a process isn't it and as long as you know these athletes just know you're there for for you as you mentioned you know you're doing it for you who you are what you want um the if it's opportunities it will open but as you mentioned before as well you know basketball will stop I always say the ball stops bouncing you know Mm -hmm. um and it's also important to think what you may have outside which is like education and, and things like that, which is just as it to me is, is so important. So, um, but yeah, is there any final shout outs to you that you want to say? Um, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. Oh, uh, it's been a pleasure to
1: have you bro. Thank you so much. Uh, shout out to, um, my World Cards family there.
0: What's up? <laughs> what's
1: up? Um, so, uh, to Mike's All United guys. Um, shout out to my London boys. Um, uh, yeah just stay true guys and that's it
0: thanks see, Um, just before i just want to say thanks again for coming on to the podcast uh what a lot of people don't know um is that me and t used to be teammates <laughs> so we were teammates yeah um and now um and now you know it's I've I followed your journey been truly inspired by your journey, and now had the pleasure of actually coaching you, which is yeah, yeah, um, it it's, it's, and and it 's amazing because, as you said, you know gaining the respect as a as a player um, it 's actually an honor to coach you and to have your respect you know we 've won a championship together it 's it's, it's actually been a good ride, so um, it 's great to see that you 're in a good place in your life. Um, yeah, and I appreciate the time that you give uh to the community and to to, to me as well. So thank you T. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much for having me, Kosh. Thank you. And uh, thank you for the community that's you know, that still respects how I am and uh you know, it's just good journey and thank you so much for all the support for the all the communities and the old Filipinos that supported me to my journey even though it didn't really go well but they're still there supporting and I'm just I really appreciate those people especially you coach because you were just you know you welcomed me since even though I came back you welcomed me as a you know as a as your one so it's just a really good you know thank you so much for the support that step
0: Thanks, T. It means a lot to me, definitely. All right, Um, take care, stay safe, um, and we'll catch up soon, okay?
1: Of course, God. See you soon. Take Take care. Take care.